Inside the Bearcats podcast. I'm Paul Daner Jr. and I'm here to take you behind the curtain of UC Athletics where we'll discuss all the topics that UCU care about and quite a few that you really don't care about. All right, let's go. Eight seconds to go. SK dribbles into the front court. Joe Patkin pulls up from three. His shot. Good! 2.5 to go. Joe Patkin buries one. Green out to Abernathy, looking for a block. He's got it. Down to the 10, the 5, touchdown, Bearcats! All right, welcome to the latest edition of the Inside the Bearcats podcast. I am Paul Daner Jr. here with you, and of course, here in the new media suite, which means I'm here with our guy, Tommy G. Tommy G, thank you. Good afternoon. For joining us. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime, you know that. I'm happy to be here. Uh, anytime that I'm not on vacation, of course, that I'm happy to do it. So <laughs> don't bother calling once I go on vacation. It's off the grid um, at that point. Right, right. But, uh, no, it's uh, always good to talk Bearcats. Glad to have you back here in yeah. the new media suite. And, it's good to be here. Uh, I noticed you have no notes today, so nope. I have no idea what that entails. You've given me no talking points. No. Or anything to be prepared for, which means uh, I mean, we've had some wild podcasts now. <laughs> That, that, that means the door is wide the open door is for a variety open. of topics. And that's really, that serves as, as a disclaimer to anybody that is just now. You're starting, you're listening, you're looking for your Bearcats knowledge. This is a disclaimer. We could go anywhere here. We don't really know where it's going to go. Which also I've got some ideas in my head, but my it gets convoluted up there sometimes. And it also means that people need to tune in for each and every minute yes. until the bitter end. Because you don't know what could come at you. We've given away prizes at the end before. We have. We have. Or at least we said Cars, we were going to. vacations. Yes. We gave away a, a trip to Midsummer, didn't we? We did. We did. Our <laughs> trip is actually canceled. We gave away. <laughs> gave it away. The Midsummer trip. Uh, no, I, I should. I should. I want to apologize for the raspiness in my voice. And what's going on? I got a little sore throat, actually. But I'm, I'm fighting through it. But I felt like. Uh, it was worth it for me to bring you want to the some people. some Dayquil, some cough drops. No, you know I'm okay. I've been I've got some cough drops on me, uh, so I'm gonna I'll pop one maybe in the middle if it starts getting a little too raspy we for send people. Video Shane for hot tea with lemon. I think I think I'm maybe trying out a new raspy voice. I'm gonna try and go with this. You know, maybe something I I you know so parlay in the future where I start is really that a life decision or is that maybe a, a podcast decision. It, 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 we'll see. It could be both. Yeah. It, if it pays off for me, if I get if I get nothing but kudos from how delightfully raspy my voice was in this podcast, then you know maybe I'll stick with it going forward. We don't know. All right, sounds good. I mean, whatever. Uh, well, let's 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 attempt to talk uh, a little bit of Bearcats okay. here. I want to talk about the draft. Yep. Which was this past weekend. Uh, Travis Kelsey, first pick in the third round, uh, goes to the Kansas City Chiefs, and so Andy Reid. Is just, I mean, is he in the Bearcats? Are they paying him? I mean, is he just like, is this a farm team? Guys that come out of this, uh, he does. System. He does. He said they're tougher than shoe leather. And and shoe leather, as I've proven through some shoes, <laughs> can be pretty tough. It can be pretty tough, apparently. But I mean, you look at all the guys he's drafted now. Now you throw Selleck on top, uh, and he he didn't draft Marty Gillier, but had him in Philly, brought right. him with him to Kansas City as well. Um, you know, he, he, you had uh, Trent, Trent Cole, Cole right. uh, Brent Selleck, Jason Kelsey. Jason Kelsey, all those guys. Now you throw. I mean, it's pretty much the, the majority. It, 
He wasn't connected to Connor Barwin, even though Connor no, now ends Connor's up in Philadelphia. Connor's tougher than shoe leather, too. He is tougher than shoe leather. Nobody can deny that. Uh, but it's something with Andy Reid. Just loves these Bearcats guys. And perhaps I didn't have it on my list of the top five teams I thought he would go to for fit. But really it makes sense when you look at the Andy Reid connection and he's looking for another guy who can be like Brent Selleck was for him. Right. Know, they're very similar. Well, and I, and I think that one of the things that excited Andy Reid and excited other teams is they look at Travis Kelsey with the matchup problems that he can give teams that he could take off in a hurry. I mean, we, we saw it in the Belk Bowl and we talked about it before, just the way he – he got away from some defensive backs to score that go-ahead touchdown for Cincinnati, and um, he has great hands. He's going to catch the ball if you put it near him, and he has some speed. So he could be very, very dangerous, and he'll be a tool for the Chiefs as he develops. And But, again, he has to go in and he has to work hard, and, and that's what separates a lot of rookies uh, you know, from others, like guys like Rookie Nakamura and, and Connor Barwin were able to make a difference right away because they came in and they worked their tail off and they got ready to play in the NFL. And, and guys who don't do that can can find it a much tougher road. So he's going to have to show up and, and work hard, and I think he will. Uh, we know, Lord knows his brother works really hard and yeah. obviously earned himself as a, as a rookie, a, a starting job with the Philadelphia Eagles. So, um, you know, I think that uh, that – Travis will do very well in Kansas City. Make no mistake, uh, Jason was interested in his brother joining him in oh, Philadelphia. Yeah. He did not make that anything but uh, clear when uh, I, I can't I can't remember off the top of my head what tight end Philly did select in the second yeah, round. Immediately, immediately what a mistake texted. it was for his franchise. <laughs> like slow your roll, big guy. For, I mean, they're still signing your checks. I know it's your brother. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You want to stand up for your brother and all, but <laughs> yeah. careful now. Yeah, they, they he tweeted that they had passed on the best tight end of the draft and. Uh, all this, and I'm sure that that would have been fun to see. And I really, honestly, when it came to that pick, I thought there would be a chance. Oh yeah, uh, that Philly would end up doing it. What it seemed like it would be a nice fit for them. They could use could have used another tight end. They obviously they were looking for one. They took one, but uh, poor Jason didn't quite get his wish. But that's all right. Happy for Travis. You know, Travis yeah. gets a spot to. Hey, it, at the end of the day, you show up, and it's whatever you do when when you walk in that door, and nothing that happened before matters. And I'm sure he's pretty happy about that because he's got his shot with a, an organization that I think they hope they're on the rise. Um, you know, the the Alex Smith to Travis Kelsey connection will have right. to be their future, for better or worse. Uh, some other well, Kansas City is a great town. Yes, Bar- so, good barbecue, good barbecue, great football fans. Mm-hmm. So I mean, they're they're very passionate about the Chiefs, even if they've struggled in in recent years. Um, it's a great place to watch a game, and then you can go hit up Oklahoma Joe's or one of the local barbecue places and get some good grub. You got a lot of Kansas City experience. I've been to two Chiefs games. You have and a Royals game. Wow, I've been I've been to Kauffman Stadium. I had a friend I liked who did his uh, residency there, so I visited him three times in the three years he was there. So really, I got some Casey experience. Now I I like I kind of like how they have the setup, but I wouldn't like it if I lived there where they have the stadiums are out in the middle of nowhere with a just surrounded by giant parking lots. Yeah, well, you know what giant parking lots are good for? Tail- giant tailgates. Giant tailgates, which is good for football. For baseball, yeah. eh, I like having stuff to do around. Yeah, I know what you're I like, But I, to go to visit, it was great. Easy to park, easy to walk in, right. whatever stadium the you're Kaufman going Stadium to. is a pretty nice stadium considering, I, I mean, they've renovated it, but it's an older stadium with new touches, and they, I think they've done a great job. Yeah, they, the fountains. The fountains out there. Who, I mean, who don't love a fountain? You gotta love a, a, a good fountain. I actually, I actually was driving uh, out through Kansas. I was on a trip out west, and we were going. We had decided we were going to go to a, a game. They were playing an eight o'clock game. Was for some reason they had a Sunday night game, and uh, we're driving, and then 
as we're going on Kansas, which have you never been through Kansas, you know, there's one road. I right. Mean, there's pretty much that's it. You've got two, it's however many miles you are to Topeka, and that's it. Uh, so there was the radio on the radio. They're saying, hey, there's going to be tor- there's tornadoes in the area, this, that, or the other. Next thing we know, the tornadoes are bearing down. You can see where they're going to be coming through the area that we're going through. Well, that's awesome. As we're trying to beat the tornadoes, not necessarily a good thing to try and race them. A tire blows on the on a car that we're in, and we had to pull off to the side. And we turned into a NASCAR pit crew trying to change this tire as we literally could see the tornadoes off in the distance uh, bearing down on us. Now, I should say, under three minutes, tire changed. We were back on the road. That's, However, That's pit crew-like. It was pit crew-like, and we ended up making it by the third inning uh, of the Royals Sunday night game. That's, oh, my, that's, that's pretty solid. That's my Coffin Stadium uh, story. I can dig it. I don't know if you like that. I did. Okay. We can move forward. Okay. Are we, on, are we still on the Chiefs? Or <laughs> I, we think we're on the, I don't know. We're just kind of in yeah. Kansas City somewhere talking right. about Kansas City stories. Uh, let's talk about, um, you know, what's going on right now on the basketball side of things. Your ske- scheduling is um, is probably the topic. Yeah, it's that, been that, going on pretty heavy. Yeah, your scheduling is an issue that you're you're dealing with right now. and. Who's going to be on the schedule? How you try and mm-hmm. work it? I guess you know from what we know from having talked to Mick. Um, where are they at with that? It seems like the non-conference is going to be a lot stronger. This oh coming, yeah, this coming year it's going to be a what, really nice where, non-conference. Where are we at with that right now? Um, as far as what I've understood, uh, the Bearcats owe a return to New Mexico. Right. So they got to go out to the pit. Yeah. And play out there, which is intimidating enough as it is, but with a first-year head coach there since Steve Alford has moved on. So I think that's an advantage. Sure. You know, it's still going to be tough, don't get me wrong, yeah. but they will go out in November, December. Um, I'm not exactly sure when that game is. I want to say early December. It's not really relevant yeah. right now. But they will go to New Mexico. Um, I and believe it. NC State, NC is, coming State is coming here. San Diego State's supposed to come here. Right. Um, Andy Katz just writing about yeah, that. He that San Diego State, State might be trying to, to get out of it because there, there's realignment in their – conference and they've added teams they change, and, and they, they changed their they're setup right. they're trying to they're just trying to move it back maybe but it's on uc to say whether that happens or not because both sides right. have to agree and, to it and i believe um that it's a three-game deal mm-hmm. as far as that basketball is concerned that san diego state has to come here twice and uc is scheduled to go out there once so somewhere in there you know what i mean pushing that game back then juggles up this whole series um, and, you know, future scheduling. I, I have read that same thing that Andy Katz wrote. I have not talked to anybody here about it, so I don't know, yeah. you know, kind of where that stands. I know that uh, there is at least one and potentially two uh, very big non-conference uh, games in the works. Yeah. Now, I don't know where they stand right now. I honestly haven't checked in in a little while, but that there could be, uh, you know, some other announcements that come out. You know, and, and a lot of those things are TV-driven, um, mm-hmm. You know, I, we've had it in the past with football. I know Butch's first year, um, I think TV stepped in and wanted Cincinnati to bail on the Fresno State game and play TCU at, in Dallas or something along those yeah. lines at, at Jerry Jones Stadium. Right. Uh, you know, so they they wanted to step in, and, and that didn't make sense to put, you know, Butch in that situation. TCU was going to have a very good team that year. And, uh, you know, so a lot of these conversations happen – and they change right late in the game as well. Right. I mean, now, be- I would think the whole non-conference schedule will be firmed up. Maybe not announced, but firmed up here pretty soon. Yeah. Um, I know 
I don't believe that there's a big tournament like Vegas like last year. Yeah. I think there'll be something um, here on campus maybe a little more, you know, with a couple games over a weekend or something mm-hmm. um, similar to what they did last year, but it was spaced out you know, a little yeah. more. So I, I think I think there'll be something like that here, um, you know, late November or something like that. And then – but there are potentially, you know, and I've heard talked about two big non-conference games Yeah. Uh, that fans will be very excited about. Um may be on campus, may not be on campus, you know, may not be in Cincinnati. But right. um, that would be big-time additions to the non-conference game. Yeah, you, you know, that's say. something they've been working on. Mick's been working on that type of thing for a while. And, and you know, it's this conference move was not out of the blue. You know, basketball schedules aren't like football schedules. Football schedules so often work five, ten years right. in the future. Basketball tends to go year to year. Um, and so this wasn't a surprise. They were going to need to add more non-con uh, quality opponents, and I know that's been something that's been on the front of Mick's uh, plate here for a while now. He's been trying to do um, the the interesting thing of it is is you're going to have a very uh, you know I think people are now now that everything is set in place for this team next year, people are starting to be more excited about and think about next year and what it can be. Now that Jermaine Lawrence is in the mix right. here, um, we haven't had a chance on the podcast to talk about Jermaine Lawrence which came the same day as Mick Cronin's extension was announced. Convenient. Um, two press conferences, one price of admission. Good for the scribes. Scribes yeah, love that. that. We love a two-for-one. Two for stories. One. Absolutely. We, right. the, you know, you, you can serve our time. We're all about it. Uh, but, no, so so Jermaine Lawrence uh, now in the mix. And for people that don't know a lot about him, they you know, I have I get a lot of people ask me, so what what is it about this kid that makes him so good? And from everything we gather and from what I've seen, he he's just a polished inside player that c- he really can finish around the rim. He really does it all. Um, I think if you the comparison that I've tried to make, and I think maybe this is is close, is you look at Otto Porter from Georgetown, who does all, he does everything well. Take Otto Porter, a better three point shooter, but Jermaine Lawrence probably better on the inside. I think he's of that mold, a guy that just does everything for you. He yeah. can put it on the deck. He can take it to the hole. He can shoot the jumper. He, he's he's a good finisher around the rim. He plays good defense. He blocks shots. Uh, I mean, he can he can do it all. I think he had, in a in a county championship game. I believe we had the stat in the release. He had something like twenty five points, fifteen rebounds, and fifteen blocks. Yeah. I mean, that's those are absurd numbers. But he he can really do it all. And I think he's a great addition to next year's team, and not that he will necessarily take a ton of pressure off of other guys, but he's a great role player that can come in and, and, and just and help you finish on the inside yep. so that teams can't leave that so wide open, which is an issue that Mick talked about a lot at the end oh, of the yeah. season. Yeah, there's no question. And, uh, you know, if he brings all those attributes to fifth, third arena, that'll be something that ignites the fan base, that ignites the entire team and can propel him to a lot of success. And remember it also – Gives a lot of street cred to Mick and his his coaching staff and everybody else when it comes to that New York, New Jersey, uh, tri-state area out there. You know what I mean? Where they've already had a great deal of success, don't get me wrong, and and brought in some pretty top-tier players. But now you add another name like that, and it just continues to to show the legitimacy of what Mick Cronin is doing here and how they are recruiting the East Coast. And this game's all about recruiting and reloading and bringing in more bodies. 
And and if you have more street cred out there, all the better for everybody involved. Yeah, they, they've really built this program on that pipeline, on the New York, New Jersey pipeline. And I, I think if you look at, you could argue, if Lance Stevenson does not come here, Jermaine Lawrence does not come here. Yep. Or And you could maybe even argue even further down the line with Jermaine Sanders and Shaq Thomas, who are both also uh, in that area. I mean, they, they have done such a good job. And Darren Savino was heading this particular recruiting process with Jermaine Lawrence. He deserves a ton of credit and mix that in the press conference i believe that's a guy that needs to be a head coach very soon uh savino is he's really established himself as a as an elite recruiter and has really been uh, a, one of Mick's right-hand men here. Oh, uh, and he's his sidekick. So yes, absolutely. Mick doesn't really want to, i mean Mick wants him to leave but doesn't want him to leave you know yeah. what i mean that's the guy they're single guys they hang out together they yes. watch basketball together they go out you know have but, dinner together, all that stuff. You know, Mick was Mick's really proud of you know what Rick Patino. If you look at Rick Patino's coaching tree, which oh, is yeah. just unbelievable, you know the way it's it's a thing of churning out assistants to become head coaches. It's not a matter of wanting to keep you here right. and to be, to be oh, an yeah. assistant by his side. He wants his guys to get jobs. You know whether it's you know it, then you just keep cycling them through. And I think it, Darren's probably the next in line there. Um, but he did a great job with the Jermaine Lawrence thing. But you really, you know, you look at the team now, and uh, I, I wrote a little bit about people having realistic expectations um, because, and we can talk a little bit about this because I think if you look back, he can kind of be the anti Yancey Gates in a little bit of ways because Yancey Gates had so much expectations on him when he came here. He was from in the city. Everybody knew him. Everybody thought he was going to come and be the savior of UC basketball. He played four years and had a had a great career here. Um, it was not a top three of all time career here, and it really was probably put up to unrealistic expectations that it could be that way. Um, now, Jermaine Lawrence comes in. There are expectations, but I don't think they're as high, and I think people are now more realistic. And he doesn't have to come in and dominate, whereas when Yancey came in, the pressure right. was on him oh, right yeah. away. He can ease him in, play him 20 minutes a game, hope he gets 10 and 7, and then by the time his sophomore year comes around, you can really see a breakout, which is where I go back to the Otto Porter mold, where he had a, a very nice little freshman year and then really blew up yeah. his sophomore year when he's depended on. It's crucial for fans to understand that guys even top 20 recruits like Jermaine Lawrence don't come in and just blow up right away especially on a team that has Sean Kilpatrick on it oh yeah there's no there's no question about that he doesn't have to be the star he doesn't have to be the guy to save the program or anything like that he just has to be one of the guys and but he has to be a contributor to what this team's trying to accomplish and there's no question he has the tools to do that uh, there's going to be some bumps in the road there's going to be some growing pains, but uh, if he's healthy and has a has a great freshman year next fall and into the winter, then uh, then the sky's the limit for that young man. Yeah, I think Mick was talking about him. He said if he can learn to have Kenyon's ferociousness, right, he ain't going to be here long. No, you know he will be. That's he's he he needs to get stronger. He needs to get a little bit bigger. Right. He's a little skinnier, but he's got that same build. He's that same sort of athlete. Um, probably a little more polished offensively at this point in his career than Kenyon was at this point. Of course, Kenyon didn't really blow up until his senior year here. Um, but you know, to put those expectations is unfair. Uh, to even use those names together, but there's uh, they're of a similar body type, and if he gets stronger and learns to play physical and, and be a tenacious type player, whereas you know Mick's Mick's been pretty good at churning those types oh, yeah. of players out here, uh, you know his his it might it might not be a long time for him here, but he you know he has all the physical skills to make it happen. So it's gonna, he's gonna be fun to watch, but really he's a part of a class that has really come together, I think lately. Um, 
to look maybe even better than we thought it would be uh, a couple months ago. Kevin Johnson really came on at the end of his senior yep. season, blew up with a huge all-star game. Uh, he was the MVP of the North South Ohio, Kentucky all-star, one of those all-star games. Uh, he was the MVP of it. And, uh, Troy Copain ended up having a, a real huge, absolutely huge senior year. Yeah. So, you know, and there's going to be other guys will come in and see how they can get in the mix. But between those three, there's really a lot of impact uh, that's that's uh, possible. And there's some open spots, you yeah, know, with, with Jaquan and uh, Kashmir gone now. Yeah, no question. Uh, I mean, guys are going to have to step into to some new roles, whether they're guys that are currently on the team or, or new newcomers coming in. And, you know, the way that Mick runs practice and the way that he runs his program is that everybody has a chance to contribute and whoever's having the best practices is going to be out there on the floor. So, you know, whether you're a guy who, who maybe had a medical redshirt in, in Jeremiah Davis or a guy who's looking for more minutes that's returning or, or a newcomer who wants to contribute right away, you show up and start working hard over the summer. They'll all be here in June. I think he said June 25th. Mm-hmm. Um, that everybody will be here. They'll take some summer classes and get acclimated, get a little bit ahead on their academics. And uh, then, you know, inch a little bit closer to October and the start of practice. And then the guys who, who earn their way into that lineup uh, will be out there and, and hopefully give them the Bearcats a lot of wins. Yeah, and I think people are really excited. You know, it's it really – I'm really interested to see about JD3, uh, who you mentioned there. I mean, he obviously has it takes his redshirt year because of his tendon injury. <clears throat> I mean, he was a guy that really could stroke it uh, his freshman year. I mean, he was really making a lot of – Making a lot of shots and a lot of big shots in some in some Big East games. Yeah, I remember. And and you you thought he had potential to step in. And how much did we talk last year about needing a guy that could bury a three? Oh yeah. And when they really needed a spot up shooter sometimes, and um, you know he could really step in and help pick up for that slack and help give Sean Kilpatrick a breather. Um, we don't re- you know that's another a wild card so, no, that's sort no, of no, sort of out there. There's a lot of guys on this team that are really wild cards. It's going to be uh, fun to see. How they all develop. Um, speaking of prospects coming in, the Gunner Keel signing has been yep. made official. Um, Gunner obviously uh, was uh, from the Indiana area. He is at Notre Dame after he had many moving commitments, yeah. but he ended up at Notre Dame uh, and decided to transfer after you saw what happened with uh, Everett Golston up there, right? Uh, who, who emerged. So transfers. Uh, you know, Tommy Tuberville reaches out. It's near home. It, it's a place where you can come in and compete right away. Um, and, and here he is. So now he'll be May 6th, I believe, all those guys are supposed to be here. Yep. Um, he'll be showing up then. And, you know, a story that we've talked about many times is Benny Coney after this spring. Yeah. How well he played. That's setting up to be a very interesting competition for the 2014 starting spot. And it'll be very interesting to see what happens uh, between those two because Gunner comes in with all the hype. And he's got the big arm and the frame and, and the number one and all that stuff. Right. But uh, Benny Coney was no slouch of a recruit either, and he's really come such a long a way spring, here yep. that it's going to be interesting to see what happens between those two. But, you know, as far as Gunner goes, what do you know about him? What have we sort of gathered in, in you know, what we've learned about you him? You know, I haven't, I haven't met him or, or even seen him throw football yet in person. Yeah. But, uh, you know, a lot, I, I know a lot of people are really excited to have him here. Obviously – you know, you get ranked the top recruit in the country for a reason. And uh, the reason, you know, there's a lot of top schools coming after you at the time. Um, I think it's great that uh, he chose the University of Cincinnati. I think it shows the work that Tommy Tuberville and his staff is doing. And if you talk to those guys, they're going to tell you, hey, we're going to stockpile quarterbacks very much in the Brian Kelly 
mythology 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 methodology Method- methodology yeah whatever no, my, mytholo- a mythology would mythology be like, like greek, greek gods, gods. Yeah. coming in here no met- methodology <laughs> um you know i haven't done any games lately so my vocabulary is a little rusty but how now brown cow yeah exactly i should have warmed up before we did this but uh you know, I think uh, there's obviously a lot of excitement. It shows, you know, what this staff is doing, and, and they want to have as many quarterbacks in as possible. Obviously, not get crazy, but you want to make sure that you're well-stocked as far as quarterbacks are concerned, and they're going to do that. And you're absolutely right. It sets up great competition for 2014. doesn't mean a lot for 2013, and that's no. not a knock on Gunner. Um, I think he'll probably turn out to have a great career here. Um, you know, when does he start? I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's going to come in, and you know who's going to have a great scout team quarterback in 2013? The Cincinnati Bearcats. And let's be real, that makes a huge difference. Yeah. When Gunnar Keel is running your scout team against your one and twos on defense every day, because, and, and, and no respect to the fourth, fifth, sixth stringers, but you're the fourth, fifth, sixth stringers. There's mm-hmm. a reason you're not one, two, and three and taking the snaps at the other end of the field. Mm-hmm. And that's not a knock. It's it's just it is what it is. But when you have somebody who could potentially be a starter in college football somewhere in 2013 if he wasn't here, he, right. I mean, he could be starting for a team. Just about any team. Right. Yeah. And a lot of teams similar to what the Bearcats, who the Bearcats will be playing. Right. Now – He's going to be thrown against your defense, so your defense should be better prepared. And that's where I think it means the most immediately. Immediately, yeah. Then moving forward, you let him battle it out with Benny, and you, and, and you see what happens. And Trent Norvell and everybody else in the program. And, uh, you know, you, you kind of throw it up and see what happens. And, again, you know, and, and I, I'm not playing Debbie Downer, but people get really excited when you get a kid with a number one overall recruit ta- mm-hmm. attack to their name. It doesn't always work out. No. It's happened here before with a quarterback who transferred from Notre Dame. Right. Who didn't exactly have a huge – and I'm not saying Gunner's not going to work out, and I'm not – you know, yeah. by no means am I being but a But people Debbie need Downer, to be realistic. But people need to be realistic that, yes, it is great, but one signer, one signing does not make a football program. Yeah. It can win you a national championship in basketball. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's happened. We've seen it. Yeah. Uh, Syracuse football 2003, Carmelo game. Anthony. Yes. And they had the supporting pieces, don't get me wrong. But getting Carmelo Anthony – propelled them to win the national championship without Carmelo they don't make that run that's very you know that's very obvious but getting Gunner Gunner Keel even if he turns out to be an all-league quarterback for three straight years if he doesn't have the surrounding pieces the Bearcats aren't going to be competing for conference championships and national championships unless he has the right pieces around him so it is great don't get me wrong but that doesn't mean you know, the bear, you could start engraving trophies and putting them in the trophy no. case. And and again, I'm not I'm not getting down on the kid. I think he, he he's gonna have the opportunity to do great things here. But uh, the same way we talked about the Jermaine Lawrence conversations, right. you've got to be realistic and let guys develop and understand that maybe they're not gonna necessarily come in and be this great. Just because you're a number one recruit doesn't mean you're gonna be a great player necessarily. Right. You, you 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 could, but there's been plenty of great players that have come through every program and that don't. I mean. He was also he was beat out at Notre Dame, you know, yeah. for whatever you want to, you know, whatever reasons. I mean, not to get into that. Sport is but. so funny in so many ways, or, or you know, what I mean, the way that it plays out, and and you look at things, and look at the stories. I mean, look at the quarterbacks who, I mean, if they walk into a bar in Cincinnati full of Bearcats fans, and you know, and and, and they're all sitting there watching a football game, and the likes of Zach Kolaris, Ben Mock, Tony Pike walk in. They're not buying beers. They're not paying no. for beers. <laughs> no. You know what I mean? Those guys are adored by Bearcats fans. And Ben yeah. Mock was a little you know, more highly recruited. But Tony Pike and Zach Kolaris flew under the radar. Tony Pike was like the 16th string quarterback at one point yeah. and transformed into a hero yes. you know, in red and black. 
yeah. and and deservedly so. But he worked hard to get there. And 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 someday we may talk about you know Gunnar Keel and, and Benny Coney in that same breath. But you know you, you got to remember too that if you say 2014 rolls around and Benny's the starter and, and Gunnar's frustrated, you can't give up because things happen and, and and things change and you got a lot of time to turn around and be a hero too. And in this program of all programs, I remember last year going through when right. we were discussing the battle for starting quarterback saying we're going to see all these guys because every single year specifically at this program, you have seen the backup in it start at least a game. Oh, if yeah. not more, usually more Multiple, and sometimes usually. third quarterback. That's why you never really know what's going to happen when you talk about – yeah, I mean, shoot. I mean, how many quarterbacks have you seen during great seasons? Orange Bowl season, five quarterbacks. Exactly. I mean, you're looking at – you know, we're gonna see we're gonna see Brandon K and Munchie Lego, and I wouldn't be shocked if we if you got to games where you're seeing Benny Coney next yeah, year. Yeah, you hope that that the Bearcats are in situations where they're going to the third string in the fourth quarter. Right, exactly. Well, I mean, you never you never know. I mean, there anything could happen. You could go through next season, and Brandon K and Munchie Lego could both get banged up, and Benny Coney could come in and end up being incredible. Right. And all of a sudden, he has a leg up. You just don't know. Play it out. But there's certainly nothing to think but good things when. The guy who was the number one quarterback recruit in the country does end up right. uh, in your state. Well, and he knows what he's getting himself into as well. Yeah. He was at, you know, he came to a practice and saw the guys. He, it's very easy when the team's scrimmaging to count the guys wearing red jerseys yes. and figure out who's a senior and who's not. Mm-hmm. And figure out who's going to be around when you're eligible. And, and to tell me that a 19-year-old kid isn't doing that, he absolutely is. Yes. So he knows he's going to have competition. He's a big boy. He he's going to work through it, and he's going to work hard. And and it, but again, it speaks to the job that Tuberville and his staff are doing recruiting wise. Yeah, and I think it's uh, it's very good for the program. They've definitely been crushing it on the recruiting trail, no doubt oh, about yeah. that. I mean, there's been there's a lot of excitement, and we you know we we won't really know until they start lining it up in the fall. But that's all the more reason uh, to be excited. Um, I wanted to briefly touch on who's now officially known as my guy, Mitch Padishaw. Because I, I was at the GABP game and wrote a column on 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 the, fre- the freshman pitcher Mitch Padishaw who came out and he hadn't he hadn't pitched very well to that point in the season. No. He had ups and downs, but you know he he he'd gone in for three four innings and uh, struggled a bit. He was great that day. Uh, he was fantastic that day. Ended up falling apart a little bit in the sixth inning. Louisville ends up winning, but Mitch Padishaw really showed me something. So I wrote a story about how I thought it could be really be a turning point for one of the most talented young pitchers they've had in the organization for a while. And since then, he has been lights out. Yep. I mean, he has been killing it. He had a complete game shutout in, in a win two Saturdays ago. Another great outing, even in a, in a losing effort this past Saturday. Right. Um, he's been going eight innings, nine innings, seven innings. I mean, they, they seem to have found a start. And I don't take credit for these things. I mean, you know, I'm certainly not going to say that I created Mitch I think Batchel. some should be deflected your way. I think, I, you know, he's been incredible. And it's been cool to see uh, his development because – for a baseball team that has so much youth, him, Ian Happ, Woody Wallace, a lot oh, of yeah. all these freshmen that are that are coming along, you start to see them making making it happen a little bit. And right. the future is pretty bright, but this guy has potential to be one of the best players to come out of UC in a long time if he keeps pitching the way he's 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 started pitching here lately. Yeah, there's no question. I mean, he's a he's a young man that Coach Cleary was really excited about coming in and uh, who he felt like he could do something. I think they were frustrated with his struggles early on. But, again, you have to remember, you're you're making a, a change from the high school game to the college game, and that's difficult whether you're a baseball player, or football player, or basketball player, or, or any other uh, you know sport that is sponsored here at the University of Cincinnati. So, 
Uh, that young man has settled down. He has pitched very well, like you said, some big outings and uh, has helped the bullpen out in some days when when they really needed to be rested and, and protected. And I think, uh, you know, Coach Cleary is grateful for that. And, and the Bearcats are going to have some big games down the stretch here. They have a home series this weekend and will be looking for a big win from him on Saturday. Yep. Uh, my We're – Doing this here on Tuesday, Miami home and home coming up yeah. Tuesday night, six thirty. Then Wednesday, uh, out in Oxford as well. If you want to check out the baseball team, is there bearing down on the end of the schedule here? Uh, Big East tournament coming up later in May, uh, where they'll be trying to make some waves down there. It'll be nice to have uh, an eight feeling like you have an ace on your hand for that for sure. Oh yeah. Uh, so what are you up to now? I mean, listen. I mean, you, you haven't no, been you I'm haven't been on, on the mic. Up. Yeah, I'm sure. Take a lot of naps during the day. Yeah. Um. I mean, you're kind of fringing on nap time now. I know. So I, I apologize about pillow that. Pillow out over there. We'll get down in a few minutes and, and take a nap. But um, <laughs> no, it's a lot of lot of planning. You know, things go on at this time, yeah. and a lot of you know we're working on a big video for Bill Schneer's retirement event, which is yeah. coming up in about two weeks, uh, about a week and a half now, which means I really need to be working on that video. So then my, my, my afternoon nap might be out of, out of the way. But you know. Um, it's just a lot of planning things. A lot of I mean, tomorrow we're gonna have a meeting to start planning for the open video for next year. Yeah, I mean, which which realistically won't play for four months. It'll yeah. play four months from tomorrow, hypothetically, or today, whatever you want to call yeah. it. There's no 31st uh, day of April, but um, you know, so four months from tomorrow, that video will play, and it'll be it'll be pl- the, the planning of it will start tomorrow afternoon so you know we start working on those things we archive a lot of footage uh start yeah. sorting our way through everything that we collected over the course of you know the past eight months and we're gonna get an outtake reel at some point i know yeah been probably plenty. there'll be something along those lines that's, uh, what, I'm, that's what i'm looking for yeah we'll we'll, we'll, we'll we'll work on a little blooper reel or something uh you mentioned the open video and i can't help but think about pat summerall who did the open? Who voiced the open a couple of years ago? Yeah, uh, and you know uh, his unfortunate passing, but that was a, one of the cool things that he did yeah. for you guys right there at the end, and something you always had was. I mean, one of the one of the cooler aspects of that whole season. I remember it, it started off every game with a bang, and yep. it, just, it felt it felt big when it was him. Yeah, absolutely, because that voice is recognizable. When you hear it, you know it, and. Um you know, say that's that that was that was pretty awesome. I mean, so are you gonna voice? Are you gonna voice the no, open? Are you? Gonna, I will not be voicing. Maybe I, if I use my raspy voice, I have now. You have it, a shot. This could no, be my audition. Honestly, take. I don't know that there is a voiceover needed for it yet. You know, no. not everyone has a voiceover. Um, maybe tomorrow after the meeting, I'll have a better idea. If it comes up that we want to use a voiceover, you know, I'll put your name in the hat. Just just hit play on this. What does your agent charge for that voiceover fee? I'm very cheap. So I know what we paid Summerall. Oh, it's very similar to which, that, actually, I'm sure. Which was considerably less uh, than what he normally charges. Yeah. So um, that was nice of him. But You, you uh, can pay me in coupons to uh, Chick-fil-A. Done. Uh, you know, I'll probably, as long as, you know, I get some free sandwiches. We can arrange that. Yeah, uh, Lemonades, too. I want lemonades. I I gotta take that to eight. I gotta take that up to eight floor. I can't. <laughs> I, can't I can promise the sandwiches. I can't throw in lemonades or waffle fries. Whoa. Without I walk. Consent. I walk the second you pull off waffle fries we'll get back on the table. <laughs> we'll get back to you on that. Okay. Uh, so looking forward to that, and then uh, and then over the summer it's just it's just more of getting everything ready for. I'll probably uh, take some vacations. Season. Will you? Yeah, I'm gonna get out of here a while. Yeah, sure. You got to go to the Sweden trip. You know, I I've realized that I have a conflict that week. Mm. 
So I will not make Midsummer this year, which saddens me greatly. I'm unhappy with you because um, you're unable to attend uh, a Daner Cornhole Classic on June 1st. And uh, crushing news. It's it's going to be. I mean, of all people, Mo Egger is the defending champion. <laughs> that's that's embarrassing. It is embarrassing. Which means the skill level at this event is not very. There good. are there are there are top high end players and low end players, uh, and I think Mo proved himself to play above the level people expected of him. Uh, that sounds about year. right. Yeah, I think that's that's a good way to put it. Yeah, I think he, you know he played very well. I mean, I can't. I'm not going to sit here and not give him kudos. I mean, he did it. His team did end up beating my team in the championship for the giant trophy. And you could be, you could have been there to take in the uh, the epic rematch. I wish but I was going to be there. My flight will not be in on, in on time, but I will have a nice tan when I get back tonight. Yeah, so well, I got that going for, for me. Good for good for you. Have that going. You know who you can do a podcast with while I'm gone? Skippy. Yeah. The skip I, bet cast. You, I bet you Skippy, yeah, Skippy will be available for a podcast while I'm on vacation. So, oh, we'll get maybe him. you can get him in. He was just featured. I know your Bearcats, of course. Um, to kind of wrap up the year, yeah. Uh, we got a best of out there. We got two more, two more track. We know your Bearcats this week, and that's it. Yeah. So everybody, uh, We've go, cycled through. Head over to Go Bearcats. I saw, yeah, I saw a few of the best ofs, the best of the hidden talents, and yeah, uh, the number of those. So, yeah, go there, check it out. Lots of interesting. We're stuff. still pumping things out, even though things are slowing down. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, don't think it ends. Yeah, just because school's out. I mean, I've, I've been asked a minimum of three times already. Well, school's out. You don't have to go to work, do you? Boy, wouldn't that be nice? Good Lord. If we still got summers off. That would be awesome. Like we did in college. Oh. Oh, I, well. I think, speaking of Skippy, I think he gets a summer off. Yeah, well, sure. I mean, he's on the <laughs> academic calendar over there. <laughs> Kick it back. Uh, well, anyway, so, yeah, look forward, folks, to the Skipcast coming up uh, yep. later in the summer. We'll make sure we can bring that to you. But, anyway, uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up here because uh, I didn't have anything on the list. We made it 35 minutes without anything on, on the notes. Solid. 38, 36. Yeah we, yeah, we covered quite a bit of territory, covered a lot of ground out there. I appreciate the people. Taking their time, getting little Bearcats fixes. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, keeping in touch with us. We'll be back uh, periodically over the summer and to catch up with everything that's going on. Anytime any big event comes, we'll be make sure to uh, to bring it to you. So for, uh, for Tommy G, uh, I am Paul Daner, and we will talk to you on the next Inside the Bearcats podcast.